Jake, what are we doing, man? I don't know. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. Hey, hey, hey. And I'm Brett. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the abnormal artisan. Gentlemen, how are we? Also, before we go into that, uh, I was driving through villages earlier today and there was a sign. Villages. Villages. I don't know where I was. It was that was yeah um and there was a sign uh for someone that was selling small bales of hay for horses and the sign said hey 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 well, and it made nice. me laugh and made me think of you oh. um so what have you been up to other than uh writing signs for people selling hay um the first time in a long time i've actually had a weekend off um and it was kind of liberating so i've basically been spending the past two days just doing shitloads of chores diy painting doors painting window frames gardening weeding pressure washer in the drive all the things that kind of like need doing but have just been put off for months yeah. and months and months um so i've got shitloads done and it's really satisfying nice yeah that's it cool that's my update <laughs> brilliant it's actually really uh, nice to hear that you weren't just insanely busy like yep. usual no yeah. literally i was just like woke up saturday morning it's like i can do what i fucking want it was hey. great. very <laughs> nice awesome uh cool what about you Brett? uh i put the anvil video out which yes. i'm yes, well proud of um chris cash did an amazing job tending the fire and i kind of forgot until i watched the, the video back but he just he was so good about doing nothing else but watching the fire <laughs> bless him I got so much shit from him. <laughs> he messaged me so many times, just be like, "Oh, you made an anvil, right?" Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, couldn't have done that without him, of course. It's fantastic. Got a lot of good reception from it too. People seem to quite like it, which is which is nice. And to be honest, there's there's more than a few people asking to make tiny hammers and top tools and things, which is a yeah. little. Uh, Sparks a bit of an inspiration. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really planning on it, but the anvil is absolutely usable. So yeah. now my mind's kind of racing on what little tiny things, because I love making tiny things. It's really fun and it's very challenging. So we'll see how that goes in the future. Nice. Um, I helped Jimmy unstuck his giant read vice the other day and i totally like threw my back out <laughs> so i spent most of yesterday being a lump um and then woke up this morning went over to help patrick our electrician who's been helping us uh like crazy with the barn build out um i went and did a little bit of work this morning on a shed that he's building and then came back to record this. I, I really feel like I haven't done a whole lot other than just sweat profusely every single day. <laughs> Steve, what about you? Uh, I have been at work, I think. You don't I have remember. a job. Yeah. Uh, no, I've I've kind of been just catching up on a few other little bits. Um, kind of similar to our in that it's like lots of stuff that's been a little bit neglected that's needed um, sorting out. Uh, so I've been just doing stuff like that as well as the um, uh, the whole having to go into the workshop and, and make stuff thing. Um, 
and there's lots of really cool stuff that's happening with that. It's just I can't actually talk about any of it yet. Um, and today I went to a flea market and I bought stuff. Oh, and I did. I I completely forgot. I did a class yesterday. Um, did a uh, an intro to blacksmithing class, and it was quite nice because we changed the formula a little bit um, and did a uh, uh, flint and steel um, as the last project. Um, which is quite nice to do because it kind of then leads into like it's a very 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 uh, brief introduction to high carbon steels and heat treating and and everything else. Um, so yeah, it was nice to do that. Uh, and yeah, then went round a flea market day and that was fun. <laughs> Wee! Yeah. Well, what I really like Steve is is with your classes is seeing like other people in the maker community getting gifts of like classes. Yeah, like yeah. it's fucking brilliant. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, that's a thing, but that's also a thing. And those guys yeah. are doing it. It's like, oh, this is fantastic. Yeah, no, it, I'm I'm really excited about those guys coming down uh, to do a class as well. That's going to be good fun, I think. Um, you can maybe set up another uh, anvil with a bit of tinfoil on a log. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I wasn't going to go there, but yeah, <laughs> bless them. Um, no, I think uh, it, it's it's. It's kind of a nice thing because one of the guys that was at the class um, yesterday was talking about the fact that uh, his missus was really confused as to why um, why he was because he he lives uh, near Snowden um, and his missus was really confused as to why he was coming all the way down to Somerset when <laughs> yeah, there's there's plenty of blacksmiths around him right. and um, and he said it was because he saw us at, at Maker Central in fact um, and started talking to us and we were one of the only ones that uh <laughs> that basically sounded like a, a a fun course where you actually get to walk away with something um mm. he was saying with a couple of the courses they were either like a half day introduction and you didn't actually get to keep anything which boggles my mind it's like well if you're making stuff then what are they going to do keep it and sell it as theirs or <laughs> what like it doesn't make any sense um so yeah, like either you didn't get to keep anything, or it was too short, or like they just didn't the the people running the classes just didn't seem that interested in actually teaching anything. Um, so it was it was kind of nice to hear uh, how uh, how he was saying like the, the fact the fact that we're offering so much more than everyone else, but at the same time it was kind of a little bit upsetting to hear that there's so many people out there offering classes where they're just they almost seem reluctant to to actually teach anything they're just offering classes because they feel like they should be offering classes sort of thing mm. um and uh and yeah it, it uh, i think it just kind of um it gave me another point of view that i'd not really considered on on how the classes are run um so it's it's something to kind of look into for for next year when we're doing them as well to make sure that that sort of uh that side of it is well well known um speaking of classes though uh i saw that uh mr chris cash is doing a class with you guys in october yes which i'm super excited about and <laughs> very jealous about the fact that i can't go on it but yeah uh, yeah i'm because he was on um he was on the black pub. pub yeah uh and it, it was really good hearing him on that. Although uh, I also realised that I can't listen to podcasts in the Land Rover when my uh, stereo isn't working because if I try and listen to it on the phone, the Land Rover makes too much noise and I can't hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
so Chris I, ended up Chris ended up taking over for uh, a cancellation. Yeah, um, which was unfortunate. But uh, after a quick discussion, Chris was just like, "Well, I'll totally do it if we change the." Yeah, they had to change the syllabus a little bit from from what the previous idea was for the class but now it's going to be chris running it which who better i mean <laughs> it's going to be fantastic to to have him in more of a teacher capacity yeah and i'm excited because i was you know i i was a little saddened knowing that we weren't going to have that class and now that means that you know the majority of october is going to be dedicated to uh, the classes and specifically smithing at yeah. the shop, which is only going to motivate us to make sure that the shop is a little bit more built out and ready as opposed to uh, last year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I'm I, excited. I, I am very excited as well. I think it's going to be really interesting seeing um, like how that all comes off. Cause like, I can't, I can't imagine Chris being anything but a great teacher. Like I, uh, I think that everyone that's, that's on that, uh, of course he's gonna have a lot of fun and yeah i hope i hope he brings an entire truckload of tools like he did last time yeah, because exactly something tells me that as as somebody who can uh teach and then sell wares it would probably be him they could be yeah. like oh blacksmithing's real fun i got a whole truckload if you like what we're doing here i got a whole truckload of stuff you could take home with you yeah and and the thing is what i like about uh this class in particular is the fact that it's um it's like if you read the course syllabus it's the fact that it says it's um but basically he's going to show you the basics and then you're going to get the chance to basically to run with it and and you you become uh you you make um something that's that's sculptural that's abstract that's that's not um it's not just a run of mill thing it's not just you're not going along and just making an axe or just making a fire poker or just making a whatever it's it's far more freeform and it's more about the the artistry than the the craft um so you're actually getting to kind of rather than it being a very rigid <laughs> so <laughs> i'm just laughing because brett's swearing at me because i segued into that without being really obvious about that was it. effortless steve yeah um so Basically, the, this week's topic is is we we're just going to talk about uh, like being an artist versus versus being a craftsman and uh, the difference between the two and whether people think there is a a difference and uh, and fuck you Al. Um, <laughs> wow, yeah, he's putting silly messages in the chat. Um, but yeah, uh, and ba- basically, the difference between the two, how people view the difference between the two, and and. Uh, <laughs> And and the different values that people put on each one, um, and I, and joking and segues aside, I I do think it's a really good thing that um, that Chris is is going to be able to kind of do that. He's going to be able to show show both sides of the coin, the the kind of um, the design and uh, artistry side of it, as well as the actual practical um, aspect of, of bringing that design and that idea to life. Yeah, I I think Chris is going to Sorry, let me backstep just a second. Chris, since I've met him and been able to experience what his forge setup is like and how he works in his shop and the kind of um balance he has between fixing the old tools and being able to um 
you know, bring these things back to life. He's, he's making effectively parts that are craftsman oriented things, right? Like yeah. I need a new backing plate for this post vice. There's, yeah. there's not really a lot of artistry by the social terminology. Like there's not a lot of artistry in it. Um, the process can be a little artistic or, uh, it can have some creative approaches to it, depending on what tools he's got. But for the most part, it's just looked at as you made a bracket. It's a bracket. Yeah. Um, but he, as an example, is someone who really appreciates creativity and just trying out new stuff. And like that little uh, click press that he got. I, I don't know exactly so what it's cool. called, but it just smushes. That's yeah. all it does. And you put like the different dyes in it to to make different impressions in the steel. And he knocked out like this little flourishy leaf or, or set of uh, what looked like fronds from some type of organic plant. Um, I think, I think he's one of those, uh, folks that maybe has a more creative side, but has all of the technical aspects from his past in the metalworking that clearly there's a craftsmanship to it, right? He understands the tools, understands the equipment. Um, but the approach is always done with a certain degree of creativity, right? So I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of bringing this up as a question, which is, do you think creativity is what separates the two things? Cause I think it's a very gray area between artistry and craftsmanship, but I think creativity is what people try and weigh one side or the other to say that if it's more creative, then it's gotta be artistic versus if you have a creative approach to solving a problem, that's something that's craftsmanship. People just tag it as crafty instead of, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think um, it's a really good question. I don't I don't think it's creativity that separates the two because I think you can be creative in a really practical manner. Do you know what I mean? You can right. yeah, you can you can come up with creative solutions to the most mundane problems. It doesn't necessarily have to be art. Um I was watching this morning um Adam Richmond, Man vs. Food. Oh, yeah. And he was he was doing like best burgers in New York or something. And he went to um like one of the classic burger places, uh, Melons in new york mm-hmm. and he was like i want to come here because it's like classic burger like i don't want any of the fucking around like artisanal fucking like um trying too hard burgers i just want i want the basics and the metaphor he used uh the analogy he used was um picasso and it was like learn the craft first learn the basics learn the logistics and the um the principles behind something first get that right and then you can start doing crazy stuff Yes. So any, anyone trying to be an artist without understanding the craft is going to fail. Yeah. So so they're both super super creative, and you know you you have to be you have to be creative in order to kind of have a passion. Um, but I think art is something totally different. I don't know if art is more storytelling. Maybe I think that's something that could separate the two. You know, if you're being um, a craftsman, you're not necessarily telling a story. You're just you're just appreciating the the form and the materials and yeah. the end product but there's not necessarily a lot weaved into it um i think i think when it becomes art it's when there's there's additional layers and it could be your personality it could be a sense of humor it could be a social commentary um, yeah. whatever it is the, the, those extra layers yeah. yeah i mean i i think uh like one of the things with that is um like for for me the 
it, uh, Brett, Brett said it uh, earlier on, the fact that there's a big grey area between the two. And I, I think it's not a, you're either a craftsman mm. or you're a, an artist. I think it's a sliding scale and it just depends where you sit on that. Um, but like the, the kind of main uh, thing for me is like a, a, a very focused craftsperson is they're, they're concentrating on form over fun, uh, sorry, functionality over form. Mm. Whereas an artist is, is kind of the other way around. And I think like um, with a, a craftsperson, you kind of, the, the beginning of that sliding scale is like, okay, well, they're, they're making something that works, but then they're trying to make it look pretty, but they're going by, you know, they're, they're using recognized standard designs. They're not, not actually copying someone else's work, but they're creating it in, you know, in, in a shaker style, in a, yeah. uh, I can't think of other styles of <laughs> furniture or stuff. Mid-century like, modern. Yeah, mid-century <laughs> that's modern. the only one that I could think of. There you go. Um, but yeah, you know they they're using like these arts and crafts. Designs. Yeah, they're using these standardized designs that people already know about. Yeah. Um, and then you like the further you move up, the fur the more um, the more freedom that they people seem to have with it. And until it gets to the point where you know actually it goes past the point where it's it's a beautiful thing that functions really well to where it kind of just starts becoming just a beautiful thing mm-hmm. um, that perhaps has a function but doesn't necessarily do it overly well um and yeah so i think i think it's it's very very hard to pigeon someone uh, pigeonhole someone as just an artist or just a craftsman and unless you you know a good deal about their body of work right it, this also brings up a an interesting argument that comes up all the time and i'm i'm absolutely uh guilty of of trying to work this out on my own side but um every time i deal with uh, anyone that says that tries to come up with an argument for using a new tool to do something that was, you know, made by a craftsman back in the day, this is very typical in the blacksmithing community too, because stock removal versus forged stuff, or you know, are you buying your lumber pre-cut versus chopping the tree down yourself? Yeah. Um, this idea of of craftsmanship and artistry, and and this argument that. Um, like Al, you just brought it up, uh, the Picasso way, like you understand the craft, you understand why the thing is constructed the way that it is specifically on a burger. Yeah. Like, I feel like I could rant on, I don't know what your perspective is, but how many times I've tried to go and just order a burger somewhere, cheeseburger, like cheeseburger and you go, I want bread (laughs) and then maybe some fixings and then cheese meat and then another slice of bread. But I don't want stuff that's going to become so saturated in all yep. the grease and oil. I want it to catch it, right? So you want, yes, I don't want it to be, you know, a half a meter tall with <laughs> well, iceberg I do, but, lettuce stack. But just yeah. meat and bread and cheese. Yeah, but they're always, it's it's people like taking it and then trying to deconstruct something to make it their own, but missing the idea of why it was created the way that it was. You know, if if you try and pick up a burger and everything slides off, or like think about think about I'm this is just going to be the analogy for this episode, but you grab a burger in your hands, you take a bite, and then everything slides right out the back in yep. between your hands, yep. right? It's well, because then, then it's then it's failed as being a burger. It's not a burger exactly. Anymore. Yeah. Now it's like all of your ingredients are in the wrong order. Stuff is sliding too much. Whatever. Um, when it comes to uh, creating stuff now, and people that 
may or may not understand the craft or why things were done the way that they were done a hundred years ago. Uh, I think that's what creates a lot of arguments uh, within whether you consider yourself a craftsman or an artist. Um, people that want to make a, a big stink about pattern welded steel and Damascusy things and all that stuff. Yes, I could I could go on a soapbox for a minute about how I think the term should be reserved for the original s- steel that was used in these beautiful old weapons. But if you're understanding it just from the perspective of the craft, it was this layered billet, folded, all this kind of stuff. They were doing very similar stuff in Japan, too. It's just it's a different approach that had a different outcome. But there was still folding and meshing of steels and all of these things you get the argument from the people nowadays that'll go, well, you didn't, you didn't do it by hand. You bought your billet off of Amazon or something like that. So you're not, you're not actually making a knife or you're not, you're not a craftsman. You just knock something together. I I feel like there's an opportunity to, to clarify a bit of the standpoint on, on how the old ways cater to the new ways and why something like a burger that was created years and years ago, in a very specific fashion to function as a burger is just getting either bastardized nowadays or the people that are taking it and going, we can make it a little bit better because we have better stuff yeah. to use and do it now, but it still functions as the original piece. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm going to completely bypass the whole Damascus thing. For obviously- no, sorry. It was just a random example. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to like come up with analogies for, for how that yeah. works nowadays, but the argument but- is exists. Yeah, constantly. But I mean, because uh, the using the the burger example, there was um, there was a big hoo ha. <laughs> thumbnail, thumbnail's going to be a burger. Oh god, yeah. Uh, there was a big hoo ha the other day about um, uh, the world's most expensive burger, and it had like gold flakes in it, and it was like soaked in champagne and stupid shit like this. And it was just the most like it was basically they didn't they weren't concerned about what works in terms of uh flavors and things like that it was just what's the most expensive ingredients we're going to put all of them in a burger so that we can say we've got the most expensive burger and like it's it's all glitz and no substance and i think there's like in in any craft you get kind of that sort of thing whether it's burger making whether it's blacksmithing whether it's woodworking sewing whatever like it, it's that thing where people go ah oh, well if if people like you know they're if they're not too worried about the the actual uh function of something if you know, people uh want these kind of uh these more exotic arty sort of things then i oh, would just get a load of really expensive stuff and just stick it all together and see what happens and <laughs> sell it for a shitload of money. And but that, that, that is the mindset of people but then i i think that's neither craft nor art that's just no, that, opulence that, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Is the fact that I think it's it's it, it, it's harder f- uh, for it's harder for someone that, that is doing something in an artistic way yeah. that perhaps isn't just going for function to justify why they're doing it because there's so many people out there that are just sticking all the expensive stuff together and and hoping it it works. Like well, just think of like a like a like a, a Bugatti Veyron or something that's been lowered and gold plated and it's got 25 inch rims on it and it's yeah. like well it doesn't even function as a car now because you can't drive it through town because it can't yeah. go over speed bumps 
Oh, you know, it's like, yeah. it, it might it might go 250 miles an hour on a on a racetrack, but you can't get it there. Yeah, and it's no longer a car. It's it's just a it's a paperweight. Yeah. I th- I, sorry, I thought you were going to. Was that a reference? That, was that a reference to to my paperweight that I just made? <laughs> I, I, I was going to chip in with when, when Steve was like, "Yeah, and it's almost like you're making something that's completely useless, like, like a tiny anvil." But I mean, just... <laughs> hey, I'm going to use the shit out of that. You like, do you know, use like... the shit out of it. Eric was yeah. using a tiny anvil in his latest video, so they do. They are. They are. We thing. were using one yeah. yesterday to set rivets in yeah. the leather keychain. Rivets. So... There you yeah. go. Yeah, I think the um the 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 food analogy is a good one and I think um I I always kind of corrected people when they referred to me as a chef because I think that was also the like the dividing line and it's like no I'm a cook. Yeah. Like I'm cooking food for the function of it being eaten and being delicious. Yeah. I've got no qualms about it being, you know, artistic or um going beyond the realms of what it's supposed to do. Like not to the point of Calvinism where it's just fuel and I've no interest in like what it tastes like. You know, I'm not Dutch. Like yeah. I want it to actually, <laughs> I want it to be the thing that it is. Um, and I can put my twist on it and I yeah. can, you know, experiment within certain boundaries. But you know, if you it, like the way Da Vinci looked at things, he was looking at them as a scientist. The fact that he could draw them and paint them, I don't think it was necessarily art. I think that was just his craft. I think he, yeah. he was just visualizing things and yeah. he, he, he developed techniques that, you know, whether it's layering of paint that could make things more realistic, but he wasn't like expressing himself. He could capture yeah. emotion really well, but he was, he was just documenting and, 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 you know, basically taking, taking the craft to as far as it could go before mm-hmm. it broke. And I, I, I don't really like modern art. I don't really like abstract art. I don't like sort of expressionism and, and I don't like things where um, this is just me personally, but I don't like it when it goes beyond that, when it breaks that level. Yeah. You know, when it just becomes conceptual because you, all you're doing then is voicing an opinion and your opinion might not be the same as mine. So it's yeah. like, it, it, it just becomes subjective and it's, it's one thing I, I struggle with. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's a, a really interesting kind of, way of looking at it and I, I guess it's kind of the same way as saying like if someone's you know someone can be a fantastic draftsman that doesn't necessarily mean mean that they're an artist um and because you know being a draftsman is their craft mm. um but then I've got, uh, my friend uh James he's uh he's a professional artist it's what he does for a living he, he sells his paintings um and he did a piece the other day and uh, it was he was at a concert and he was basically live painting the concert Hmm. and it was what was brilliant about it was the fact that from the other side of his studio uh he had this painting like up there um just on a on an easel because he was just doing some finishing touches to it and when i went up close and looked at it it was a lot of very not not rough but unrefined brush strokes Yet from the other side of the room, instantly I could tell where he take or where he painted it, what the painting was of, the the mood and the feel of the um, of the room that he was in and mm. of the people that were there, and you know you you could make out the fact that it was people dancing and, and things like this. Yeah. Yet when you look at it up close, it's it's just 
almost it almost looks like random brushstrokes because it's um it's not there to provide an exact copy of it you know if he wanted to take a photo of it he would have taken a photo of it it was was more to give kind of a, a general feel of it and i think that's one of the things that kind of leans more into artistry is understanding like right i need something that uh that that represents this that shows this but i don't want to do it in a um a sterile way i want to put some kind of uh i can't think of the word but some kind of other thing into it so that it's well, not... it's, it's your personality it's your take yeah. on it, isn't it like you you need to be able to do that otherwise you know you're just a robot you just you just yeah it's a literal documentation you know you might as well take a photograph yeah um i think for me the cutoff point and it it's something I always struggled with as a kid. Like I grew up with art. I studied art at school. I studied art at university. Um, the 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 point where you have to start explaining things and justifying things is where it fails. Yeah. Like you said, if you could step back and then suddenly you could see it and you could totally absorb what they were capturing and it made sense, you know, you can get like abstract landscapes where people really capture the weather and the the tone and, and yeah. you know, the, the rocks and the sea and stuff. And it works and you get it. The second it goes beyond there and you suddenly have to start justifying the art and explaining it and it's just a, a white canvas or something. Yeah. A Pollock. Do you know what I mean? For me, then it's broken and it just does, it's, it's neither art nor craft. It, it's just yeah. um, a statement, which is fine. You know, people are allowed to have statements. People are allowed to do <laughs> things. Um, but there's a, there's a cutoff point for me. You know, you could be the best saxophonist in the world, but the second you start playing jazz, you've fucking broken it. <laughs> Brett, go. With a little bit of jazz. Wow, <laughs> I yeah. I had something else to say, but now I feel like I have to argue that <laughs> a lot of those points. Um, no, I I don't disagree with you, Al. On the you're not wrong. You're not wrong, <laughs> but well, actually, no. I think we we've chatted about it plenty before, and God knows I've had tons of of conversations having gone through art school. You, you meet all the people that are going through to become fine artists, you know, or, or understand how to use this paintbrush or this material to create this thing. Um, but it's such a subjective thing when it comes to fine art and, and what we're talking about in terms of the artist versus craftsman or artistry versus craftsmanship. Um, I feel like I have a hard time even bringing that into uh, like those are two very different worlds, right? You don't see somebody, yeah. you don't see somebody building a, a beautiful farm table and then painting, you know, right next door to it. I, I feel like that's a world that doesn't exist yeah. together, right? So I'm I'm trying to figure out how I'm trying to figure out how to balance the idea that you the creativity that you could explore uh, in the type of work that we do or a lot of our community does. Versus somebody that specifically does drawing or painting, right? We're we're all looking at Adam C stuff, and he's doing these amazing drawings of everybody. And I'm just floored by by the brilliance and the approach to these things, right? But a lot of it comes down to his handling of light and shadow and the textures that he develops and the strokes yeah. and everything like that. So regardless of the representation, whether who it is or or what it is specifically, because he did the he did the dragon twist bottle opener and that little mm -hmm. vice. And I was like, Oh my God, these are, these are beautiful. Um, I have the same kind of appreciation for, I have a couple of books uh, by Ernst Haeckel uh, called art forms in nature. I, I saw them in university and 
it was a guy document. He's a scientist and he was just documenting the things that he saw, but it was his, his representation of these things. Like, yeah. like Al said a minute ago, that's not actually what a Lily looks like. Yeah. Not, not really. <laughs> and yeah. so what he did was kind of accentuate certain parts of it or make it slightly more symmetrical. A lot of his drawings are very, very symmetrical and it's like taking organic forms and then almost making them look more mechanical yeah. or a little bit more, uh, not HR Geiger, but, but there is something kind of, uh, anatomically incorrect when it comes to that. Some, something yeah. that organic, right. Yeah. Um, his his artwork is now put in books. The sketches that he did just researching these things is now just put in books as image to look at because yeah. artistically it's being appreciated. But really, when he was doing it, it was like, I'm a scientist. I'm documenting and researching stuff. There was no artistry from his side, at least not so he thought. But now yeah. it's being appreciated as such. Yeah. yeah no. Sorry, Steve, just to jump in on the nature point. Um on the flip side of that, Brett, you know, nature itself, like nature is absolute craft. It's a hundred percent craft, right? It's engineering. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's created itself based on, you know, angles, optimum volumes, you know, it's just, it's science. Um, but it can be the most beautiful thing in the world. Yeah. You know, you can get the most stunning expressive things in nature. Um, you know, like birds of paradise, <laughs> You know, blow your mind, or yeah. the 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 um the fractals in a in a um a fern or something. Yeah, absolutely stunning. But there's no level of artistry there. That's just 100 percent craft. So it doesn't mean that craft can't be beautiful. It doesn't mean that craft can't be expressive or interesting or um raise questions. Yeah, I think I think it's just there's 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 something else as a tipping point. But Steve, go on. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a, a great point. And it kind of um, it actually segues quite nicely into uh, the point I was going to make. Because uh, you, you say that about the fact that there's so many things in nature which are um, 100%. Sorry, just assuming that there's no intelligent design. I didn't want to just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. imply that you know nobody <laughs> had, a, had a say in it. Um, but yeah, like there are things that are uh, within nature that are 100%... Um, uh, like craft as, as you put it um like the eyeball but if you look really closely at an eyeball it's fucking beautiful it's <laughs> it, it's got <laughs> such a twat uh, how can i land on my own head <laughs> um but yeah like it, and and it is it's, it's absolutely fantastic it's the way that the 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 muscle structure within it the you know the, the the lines you get within your iris and and everything else it's absolutely incredible and just the um the uh just the um actual uh, the way it functions itself is beautiful um and looping back to what brett said you made a point about the fact that you you don't often see um craft and artistry kind of um side by side like perform side by side like so like you i think the example you used, you used was um uh so making a farmhouse table and then painting next to it yeah um, and I, I, I don't agree because I, there's, I can think of, uh, like going back to my friend James, like I know that he does some fantastic paintings, but I also know he's building his own shed because he wants to do it. Granted, he's doing it in a slightly twisted way because he's making it so it actually rotates, but like he's, he's always been quite practical. He, he built the bar that was in my house for a while. He's, 
he's built his own bed. He's he he does things like that because he he likes exploring um not just the 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 visual aspect of how something works, but he he likes exploring that um the practical aspect as well. And and again, going back to the uh like photos of eyes and things like that, like Berkey is a is a great example. He's a very like he could easily be described as a hundred percent craftsman or as an artist because yeah he he makes some absolutely incredible things and he works to like he works to design and to plot points and uh, not plot points fucking hell uh to like um to pre-existing uh designs and and makes things that fit in with something that's a hundred years old yeah but he also spends a lot of his time taking absolutely stunning photos that are looking at the world in a very artistic way um and I know that there's loads of other people out there that are doing it. And I think it's, I, I don't think it's as common. So then um, so, so to your point, Steve, and building on what Brett was saying, they're doing them, but they're doing them separately. So the, the, the table and the painting are two separate things. The photographs yeah. and the, the beautiful restoration are two separate things. I think maybe what Brett was asking is, is, this, is, is there a way you can actually do them together and combine them? Ah right, well, yeah. That, this is this is where the gray zone comes. Yeah. in. I feel I like say, they're yeah, too separated, and I would love to see more people. Yeah, I mean, I, it's a problem to solve. I feel like it's it's yeah. like these creative people. Yeah, but I mean, I think then then you've got like you say that it's that that gray zone that that sliding scale, and and that's where you get things like uh, like when we had Zach on and he was talking about uh, a table and doing it with three legs or with twelve <laughs> legs or whatever. Just to, it's it's breaking that mold. And I think yeah. that's, that's something that we see uh, or we're fortunate enough to see quite a lot of in, uh, in this community, the, the fact that it's people taking um, something that's quite simple. And, you know, you, if you want a table, you, you can make it out of a bit of plywood and four bits of two before sort of thing. Like, but it's watching people do things in, in interesting ways, like watching, uh, Steve from Temple Boy Turnings. Um, recently, he's been playing with uh, like offset turning. So yeah, 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 yeah. And that stuff absolutely blows my mind. <laughs> it's fucking incredible. Yeah, but but, that, but that's an understand to me. That's an understanding of the mechanics and the physics and the practical yeah. side of it. It's just it, it. But but the thing is, is it's very easy to. Well, it's not very easy, but it's 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 not just a case of understanding the the practicality of it. It's the fact that he understands the practicality and he's still making something that, that yeah. looks really good. And I think that's where the balance comes in. It's, it's in finding that balance balance between doing something because you can do it and doing something because you want it to look beautiful. And kind of that, that um, the, the, the meeting of the two is where we get really, really good bits of craft. I mean, and I think that's where, um, like from in a more practical sense, I think that's where you get successful craftspeople are able to do the design and do the artistry as well. Because yeah. Um, yeah, anyone can learn to make a table or, or <laughs> forge a yeah woodwork is nothing. Yeah, <laughs> but like, like any single craft, like you know, you, anyone anyone can learn how to to make a single thing repetitively, make it over and over and over again if there's already a pre-existing design, it's the successful people are people that are able to come up with new designs or tweak those designs and, and put a bit of artistic flair into it and make it something that is a little bit different. That's not 
the furniture that you go and buy in IKEA, it's it's that little something extra. Um, it's putting that bit of personality and that that story into it. And I think I mean that's... these 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 like technical like um, problem solving side to somebody and and the creative, you know, they're literally different parts of the brain. Yeah, you know, the fact that you, you can think about one thing and think about another thing, you know, the, the analytical, the, the mathematical, the problem solving thing. I think it's on the left or the right. I can't remember which way. But they're the, the, the very different parts of the brain and they're usually used at different times or yeah. they're usually completely different people. You know, like I'm uh, I'm, I'm half and half. I'm like half analytical engineer, m- mathematician, yeah. half creative nonsense. But like the, <laughs> the problem is it means that like my stuff is – serves no purpose and doesn't look nice (laughs) (laughs) but like it it is rare i think it is rare to to have that combination you know i I always look at at bobby duke and and take away his kind of his personality and his sense of humor and that side of his of his presence um i'm always torn between is he an artist you know i think i think you you know you see a lot of his comments and it's like bobby you're truly an artist no i think i think he's just a, a, a craftsman or an experimenter, you know, I think that the, the stuff he creates is beautiful. Yeah. But I think it's like right on the edge of just craft. And I don't mean just craft. I mean, craft without the kind of the expression. I think, I think Bobby's great at expressing himself and being expressive, but his work is just really, really honed craft. Yeah. Like the, the eight ball skull or tiny little swords. And, you know, like it's amazing. And the level of detail is stunning. Um, but I think that's the pinnacle of craft, and I and I I always have this argument with me: like, is that art? Like, where's yeah. where's the cutoff point? I mean, it's the ultimate question: like, what is art? But um, I think in this conversation versus craft, I think there is a grey area, but I think I think you can you can almost see where the bar- where the boundaries are. Yeah, I with Bobby's stuff as an example too. Um, so often, what we see coming from his channel is. Um, you know, he's got an image that he's working from where he's got he's got a detailed yeah. drawing of the beetle, right? The beetle yeah. the beetle that he did was beautiful. Mm. Like, yeah. I I really, really liked seeing how crazy he went with making every little <laughs> segment and everything like that. But if you want to play devil's advocate on it, he worked from a drawing yeah. or he worked from a photo and had specs, if you want to call yeah. them that much, you know. But it was it was basically uh preconceived or this is a this is a pre-existing that's object. what i mean i, I don't think yeah. that's art yeah he's choosing materials you know he's being creative with the the wings out of the the resin you know and stuff yeah, yeah. He, absolutely like there's there's creativity in there but i don't think he's taking it to a level where and i, and I don't think it's like higher at all i don't think no, art no, no, is no. higher than craft i don't think that's what we're trying to say i think they're just separate things yeah I think that's I really like the fact that you you said about and I think you know you you guys have both said it uh, a few times in the podcast like the fact that it's um just because you're not necessarily uh doing art as it yeah. were doesn't mean you're not being creative because there's creativity in 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 finding the process that best reproduces the thing that you're trying to reproduce or that design that you're trying to work to um and uh, and I think that's a a really uh, important thing to to kind of put out there is the fact that just because it's not considered art doesn't mean it's not creative. Because I think that's that's what a lot of people uh, assume is that 
it has to be art to be creative and and if it's just craft then it's um it, it's uncreate un, uncreative and repetitive and i don't think that's the case at all um so yeah i think that's it's just a good point to uh make <laughs> <laughs> i think the idea that um there's a presence to the creativity could be a huge separator in terms of uh, there's like a, the visual presence of the creativity, right? Something like a painting on a wall. That is the thing yeah. that, that is the, the creative thing was the end product that you get to stand in front of and look at. Yeah. No one really pays attention to the brush strokes, the brush strokes that got you there. It's, it's whatever the finished piece was. If they had pulled their own canvases, which, you know, back in the day, plenty of people were yeah. putting Jezzo paint on their canvases, pulling them themselves. Maybe they were making the frames for them, or whatever. No one cared about that. They wanted to. They wanted to see the artist's art, the end product. Yeah. Whereas now, this the creative approach, creative approach to problem solving, and how you go about your construction. Are you using something like a table? Are you using screws and glue, or are you going traditional joinery like? A dovetail is really not necessary. It's an artistic choice. It's a creative creative approach to what could otherwise be done with two bits of wood and a screw. You know, yeah. if you're just making an L-shaped bit of wood, <laughs> it is a choice. It just is a choice. And bend it, right? Yeah, exactly. There you go. It is a choice to do it in that way. It's a it's a yeah, it's a creative choice or it's an artistic choice to say, I want this to have two different colors of wood and I want them to fit together in such a way that they actually make a pattern on the edge. Yeah. So even though dovetails have, you know, been done for a long time and they're not revolutionizing joinery, they're really pretty to look at and they're difficult. Like there's a yeah. lot of craftsmanship that goes into doing a dovetail joint the crazy thing about it is now there's jigs like you could go buy a jig to where you basically can't fuck it up <laughs> and so does that take away it's a pretty complicated procedure using yeah. a router jig in a well <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure you could fuck it up yeah, yeah i'm pretty sure if there's anybody that could fuck it up it'd be any one of the three of us but but uh to go back to the argument that i made earlier it's like because there is a way that has been it's been regulated a bit or there are things like jigs or you can make your own jig. Does that take the craftsmanship out of it? Well, no, because like back, even back to, you know, getting dyes and stuff for a press. Yeah. Like, does that mean it's not blacksmithing anymore? Yeah, exactly. Do everything with hand tools. Like, where, oh, never mind this bronze. Let's make everything out of copper because bronze is like, it's not, it's not <laughs> art anymore. Like, yeah. where's the cutoff point? Like, you, can, yeah. you, you can't say that anymore because it would just be, we'd just be hitting rocks with bones if that was the case yeah no i i completely agree i think like and again like using the the blacksmithing example like blacksmiths were making their own jigs to uh reproduce things uh or to produce consistent things since the since the very first blacksmiths like it's it's always been a case so i think i think um there's obviously you know you can go sorry i just realized you can go into the whole argument of like then going into CNC and is that and and then it's a case of well yes there's still um, there's still elements of craft in it there's still elements of design in it and and everything else so I, I think it's it, it's one of those where it's again it's always kind of a grey area and you have to treat each one individually um, 
and and again even even down to to people you can't even say that like all right bobby duke is a craftsman or bobby duke is a as an artist it's that thing that he made was is a piece of art that thing that he made is a, a fantastic piece of craft yeah like it's each and each uh, each and every one is is its own thing it's its own um case and you have to you have to treat each one differently okay a really vulgar base level then it in order for it to be crafted, it just have to serve a purpose. Does it have to be functional? I don't, see, I don't even know if that's true because that's. A re- I know I started the podcast off by saying that it's um, function over form, mm. but it's it's like you said that that beetle was a, a reproduction of a of another beetle, and Cause, it's cause some of, some of the most interesting like art exhibitions I've been to are where people take craft and turn it into art. Yeah. So beautiful, beautiful woodwork, but make the make the object deliberately useless. Yeah. So I like it because I can appreciate that they still understand the craft and yeah. they can still make beautiful, you know, centerpiece furniture, but they've turned it upside down or turned it sideways or bent it so you can't actually put anything on it, you know. And yeah. and the statement is is then important. So the fact that it's functional or not is kind of irrelevant. That's almost the joke, but that's that's the that's the kind of like expression that I really love in art and and yeah because it involves the understanding and the 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 meticulous effort that goes into craft yeah i think you 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 made a a, a comment there that kind of resonated then um you, you said about the fact that it, it makes a statement yeah. and I think that to me is uh is one of the essences of of something being art and that's it um it it having something to say um it making a statement it it, it existing f- for for more than just what it is okay. so it's not just a painting it, it's got something else to go with it it's it's got a, it's got some kind of meaning behind it yeah. um so it goes beyond just being you know just a you know i, I i've got fucking ornaments all round that <laughs> i wouldn't consider to be art they're just they're an ornament they're a decoration they're there's something there to like to make the place look nice steve's got um, a room full of toby jugs <laughs> i told you not to tell anyone um but but a piece of art does more than that it it, it you know it, it might tell a story it might make a political statement it might uh convey a, a particular mood or convey a particular emotion um and i think that's to me what art art is it's it's something that's just a bit more than its uh its base components yeah i think van gogh's starry night painting is something that i would use as, as an example to explain that kind of thing where um everybody knows what it looks like and if you if you were to take it out of that context and out of the execution of it with all of the brush strokes and the beautiful textures and stuff that he got through all of the brush handling, it would effectively be a landscape of a beautiful thing, a beautiful yeah. place, lights, trees, all at night, the moon. Um, it would still function as a representation of a beautiful thing painted on a canvas, execution being... Uh, the main point of it, right? Yeah. It's like I painted a landscape. This is what it looks like. This is a really pretty thing that I saw, and then I I painted it. Yeah. Great. 
why people are able to appreciate Van Gogh, not you kind of have to look at the collection as a whole and understand the person to get all hoity-toity about the autistic nature and how, you know, terrible of a psychopath he was. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But just, just as a singular example, it's like that went further. That made a statement in some capacity, not, not necessarily, uh, it wasn't Van Gogh standing up and going, this is what art needs to look like. You know, it was just, that was his interpretation of, of the image that he was seeing, or that's how his brain interpreted the image that he saw in front of him. So where I, where I battle back and forth with the example that you brought up a minute ago of these ornate rounds or these, these beautiful ornaments is where, where are the, when you see a lot of things being done in a similar fashion, or when you see, um, let's just keep saying art as an example, but <laughs> yeah, landscape painting, right? When is a landscape painting a landscape painting? And when do you actually look at it and go, oh, that is a piece of art? Yeah. Like, is it the statement? Is it that it makes a statement? I, I like that argument, Steve. It's like it has something more to say than just yeah. being an object. But the, 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 the best example I can think of uh, for you saying that is, Again, going back to to Berkey, um, he put up a photo uh, a little while ago, and it 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 was just of a single tree. Um, the way that he taken the shot, the the lighting that he used, it it conveyed something. It you looked at it, and it 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 triggered emotions. Um, and yes, it's not a painting or anything like that. it's it's a photo, and he's done that with a photo. So that that I would consider to be to be art versus the wallpaper on windows xp <laughs> everyone knows that bit. like literally everyone in the western world has seen the background like the standard background of the windows xp thing it's it's a beautiful photo and it's it's really nice it's it's bright it's it's airy it, it's it's nice it's nice to look at um that's why they chose it as as the standard background because it, it's it's something that that looks quite nice but it's not art. It's it's a photo of a field. Um, mm. And whereas, like I say, with, with this one that Berkey put up, there's there's emotion behind it. There's there's more to it than just being a photo of a tree. Um, there was, and uh, it, it's kind of hard because, like that that photo, the the XP background. It's there was still thought put into the composition and and the lighting of of that photo and everything. It's it there was still. Yeah, there's still thought put into it. There's still some kind of craft behind it, but the actual uh, the photo itself doesn't really convey any kind of uh, emotional statement or or feeling to it. It doesn't make me feel anything other than I'm on my computer working. Yeah, <laughs> dread and despair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think Brett, it's interesting that you brought up Van Gogh um, <laughs> earlier, um, Vincent Van Gogh, because it was. I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking about the like the sunflowers. Yeah. Like they are more sunflowery than actual sunflowers. Yes. Because of what he's the 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 the, the flavour that he's put into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's all like seasoned and tasty and it's like that a, a photograph of them would do them no justice. A photograph would be too two yeah. dimensional and, and sterile and you know, it would just be capturing however long that shutter's open for, whereas a painting actually captures the the you know without getting too wanky like the 
the smell and the spirit and the movement yeah. of them and, and even the fact that they're decaying and you know and it's like there's in that sense you know art tell is is more successful than than craft it's it's actually there's added benefits to it yeah um getting a bit more abstract thinking about like uh holst the planets or four seasons vivaldi it's like mm-hmm. you can you can actually describe things with other art forms and they still be relevant like even as a kid i could listen to the planets and know which one it was yeah <laughs> or peter and the wolf i know what animal it is just by the music yeah and not because it's familiar because the you know you can actually describe other forms and other things using other art forms yeah. and i think that's where it becomes something beyond craft because it's not just a statement it's like it it's storytelling and it's personality yeah it's it's interesting that you uh you picked up music because that was something that i was just about to kind of touch on and the example i was thinking of was uh the bumblebee um i don't know what the actual song's called or who the composer is, the bumblebee that, yeah that's the one there you go um, <laughs> but like that, that's the thing is as soon as you hear that you can it, it conjures up that that image in your head and i think that's again that's kind of what art does it is it it gives you more than just the sum of its parts it, it gives you um gives you something else to kind of latch onto but i just quickly wanted to ask uh a question which i fully realize is damn near impossible to answer because they both have uh different things but which do you think is more important craftsmanship or artistry brett (laughs) (laughs) all right i've one without the other right i I, yeah exactly i think that's of of the two and i i would fucking hate it if one of you two asked me this but (laughs) it's fine i was about to bring up i was about to bring up the the what i'm translating from both of you guys because i'm 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 really enjoying how much we're dancing around trying to figure out the, the answer to this question. And Al, you may have brought it up a little bit earlier, but it's the, the storytelling aspect. But Steve, you just, you just mentioned something about the idea. So is it, is it like art conveys an idea or, or you have a, like a reactionary experience to something like art versus craftsmanship, which is, not you don't necessarily expect a reaction out of a very well-made table other than appreciating that it's like that's a very sturdy table and it holds things does it inhibit progress as well like if if you always have to use dovetail joints because that's the crafty thing to do does that mean that there's nobody invents a new kind of joint yeah (laughs) like in in 200 years are people going to be doing like pocket screws joints because it's like traditional (laughs) (laughs) i really hope so i that is a really instead of laser joining them like we all do in the future like people get out the 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 grandfather's craig jig (laughs) there you go (laughs) oh man this is a real i'd I'd actually really love to uh put this question out to the fools group i think that would be really interesting to get some insight on which one do you put more weight in because there's also there's also a very typical question of like, do you put your uh, if you're talking about things like religion, it's do you do you put yourself more in the faith or science aspect, right? Um, and that's not that's not to develop a an argument between the two. It's more about like where where do you find the middle ground between like science is helping push society forward 
but my beliefs and my faiths keep me grounded on a, either a more spiritual sense or a more humanistic sense. I want to be able to drink filtered water. <laughs> uh, so I hope science continues to go forward. But as a, as a spiritual sense of things, it's like, I don't want the planet to explode because of plastic bottles. So something like craftsmanship and artistry and which one you put more weight or faith into, it's like, I want people to be able to continue pushing the mark, right. Or, or pushing the line forward and saying that these things are possible, or if we use these different materials, then we're able to achieve this, and then we're able to go forward. But to take it all the way back to what Al said at the beginning of the episode with the burger, everything is a is a set of stairs based on the very first ground floor, right? Like everything is building on top of the thing that was done before it. So if you're going to build on that, the fucking structure better be crafted well so that you can build on top of it because if the base layer is horrible then progress is only going to go so far before it completely demolishes yeah. itself right so i would love to know that there is a that there is a strong base in craftsmanship so that we can build creatively and artistically going forward yeah i think because the like the way that I look at it is you've got, I think you saying like uh craft being the base um, is a great way of putting it. And you're welcome. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, and it, but the thing is, is that that base without the, the art um, kind of changing the perception and, and changing the way we do things like, like Al saying like only ever using uh, dovetail joints or something like that. Like, I think that's a great way of doing it. And the best analogy I can come up with in my head was uh, imagine you're making a cake. So you're making a layer cake. And you've layer got, cake. Welcome mm. to the layer cake. Oh, welcome. So you've got your your sponge is your craft and your buttercream filling is the art. If you just have a big pile of art, it's a very sweet, sticky mess that has no real structure to it. And if you have just the cake, then it's going to be a really dry, really horrible tasting thing that, yeah, you might stack up quite well, but it's there's no excitement to it. There's no passion behind it. There's no desire to get in and go, yum, 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 yum. Like, so you need the two combined together and layered on top of each other to to make this delicious cake that we call life. Oh, is it a gluten-free cake? Ah, oh, fuck you. <laughs> what yeah what aspect of said cake is the gluten so steve you're just eating the butter right yeah <laughs> yeah i'm sat here just eating the buttercream you guys can have the cake so i think i think to, to brett's point like the the one and only interesting thing that dan brown ever said um <laughs> was was in angels and demons and he he alluded to the fact that um you know science versus religion an ongoing kind of debate and question and not that they can't live side by side, but the, the fact that one kind of questions the other and, and vice versa. Yeah. Um, the, the only interesting thing he ever said was that the more you understand science, the more you appreciate that religion actually is a real thing. And the further you get into the understanding, the, 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 the broader and the bigger the questions get to the point where actually at a subatomic level, you're like, there must be a God. And vice versa, the more you actually understand faith and appreciate faith and don't just blindly follow it, 
you actually get more of an understanding and appreciation for the sciences and, and this the fact that these two sign of polar opposites could actually be related and somehow help each other instead of be, being actual polar opposites is really interesting and i think steve you smashed it with the cake analogy instead of there being just two two separate dishes on a on a table they're actually intertwined and they can actually end up in something delicious yeah yeah i think that's how we end up i think that's how we end up pressing forward i mean with yeah. with everything that we do silly as it is or steve i would I would pin what you do as craftsmanship. I think yeah. you have artistic approaches to the way that you do some of the forms, you know, or, or there's, there's artistic ways that you put the videos together, creative ways that you put the videos together, your view on the world. I'd love to see more of your photography that you talked to me about, you know, the last time we were together, but I would say what you do is very craftsman driven or, or craft being very, very highly skilled in your craft is what you're trying to achieve. And then maybe there will be opportunities to really go in a creative uh, direction with steel and I don't know what materials you use and what kind of wood you use for your handles. Um, Al, if you want to consider yourself more on the like science and engineering stuff, then the practicality of it doesn't really impede on the creativity of how you approach these things and the problem solving that we get to see in the videos is where I think the create the creativity comes in. I like to think that if, if I have to put it on myself, I like to think that I came up being a weird kid that drew pictures and just liked doing arts back in the day and, and clay and finger painting and like anything that was considered traditional art is what I did when I was growing up. The thing is I got really keen on building and making things after a few years of going through some, some different jobs. And now I'm constantly trying to find the middle ground between those two. How can I tell a story with one of my videos, make something that I appreciate, whatever the final form is so that it's respected as something creative, creatively done with good craftsmanship. Like, Hey, the way you did X, Y, and Z was really well executed because you used that machine properly that it was a really good usage of the bandsaw because I put a fence on the side of it. And maybe typically you don't do that, but my understanding of how that works and how this cut needed to be made is more craftsmanship driven. I feel like so finding the balance in there and, and creating this beautiful cake of creativity and analytical science engineering but also my faith in myself to like with the anvil as an example, that was hand ground. Like I didn't have any jigs or anything. I just took yeah. it to the belt sander and was like, I hope I get straight edges on this thing. <laughs> and, and it's not to, you know, pat myself on the back, but it's why I brought up in the, maybe the pre-show last time. Like, I don't feel like I was really present for, for the actual build of the anvil Chris did a lot of the forging on the press anyways. And I was helping here and there when it was some of the similar or some of the simpler processes, but just knowing what I started with. And even in the video, you don't really get to see how wonky and weird it was. Cause obviously I'm filming it to be like, look, it's the shape of an anvil. That's more recognizable from the side. If you were to look at it from the horn, it was wonky and off center and it had more weight on this side and everything like that. So is what I did on the grinding and shaping of this considered artistic i don't think so but there it was 
no jigs, no nothing. And it was like, yeah. I have to make this symmetrical. And the only way that I can do it is by eyeballing it and making sure the geometry is correct to my eye. So is yeah. my eye the creative sense of things and the execution is the craftsmanship? Yeah. See, that. that, that again, that's, that's one of the things is because I... It's interesting when you put it like that, because to me, like one of the reasons why uh, Alex is a great craftsman is because he has got that eye to to look at something and go, no, that's not straight. We need to do this. Or we need to do that. And it's a very, uh, a very in a very practical sense. But then that artistic eye of like that whole thing of making sure it looks aesthetically pleasing and it, mm-hmm. that being more important than whether it is straight is whether it it you know it, it appears to be straight and whether it does it 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 gives the look that it needs to give sort of thing oh, um, aesthetically pleasing though that's a big one that's yeah a big one. but i mean I, I think like the when you said um about uh being the the weird nerdy kid starting out on art like 100 i'm i'm with you there like one of the only lessons that i ever actually really paid attention to in school was was art and i loved it i loved i look it was the only lesson i ever looked forward to going into because it was you know it was it was getting to express creativity and 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 all of that and it was through doing that and through doing more of that that i then realized that actually i want to do more craft because then that allows me to express that creativity in you know i in a useful form yeah well not even that but it's more the fact that i have uh, like I, I'd love to be able to to draw the things that are in my head. I'd love to be able to put them on paper or mm-hmm. out there, and and that's one of the reasons why I want to be a better craftsman is so that I can get the things that are in my head. I can make them become real because at the moment I just don't have the the skills to be able to do that. And I think that there's um, there's a similar sort of thing with with um, people that that they might they they might know how to do all of those joints but they don't necessarily have the the design aspect in their head so you know there's always that crossover there's always a desire from from one end of the spectrum to to be able to do more of the other end and and to move either way down that that scale and i think that's the thing is i think the 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 happy place is that happy medium and i think having um having knowledge and experience from both ends of it is what the kind of for me anyway, that's, that's what the end goal is. Um, and I think that's kind of, that's where we all, well, that's where I aim to be. And I think that's a really spiffing place to be. What was the order again? As a, as a, as a, uh, which means that Al, you're going first. You never said so. Doesn't count. Uh, or, or okay. So okay, Al, you're going first. <laughs> um, I would like to spiff everyone involved with Project Egress. Um, nice. Because I think it was a fantastic marriage of engineering and the ultimate craft of science, uh, but the fact that everybody put their own creative and artistic spin on it. So. Jimmy making it out of like mahogany and brass or whatever it was. <laughs> um, but all the sort of makers involved who all had their own spin and their own take and their own little storytelling to having this lovely feat of engineering. Um, I thought it was fantastic. Um, it was a great sort of uh, metaphor for everything that's going on and how the maker community just comes together for an awesome 
more than the sum of its parts kind of exercise. So mm-hmm. nice. well done, mm-hmm. Yeah, good shout. Uh, I'm next. Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I'm next. Uh, sticking with the theme, I'm going to spiss someone that I think perfectly marries. Um, ah, say perfectly marries someone that I consider to be a absolutely fantastic craftsman that also has um, a very strong artistic flair into what he does. Uh, and that's Jacob Farham from Farad Farham Forge. Um, if you don't know Jacob's stuff, he makes, uh, he's a, basically he's a tool maker that makes tools that are goddamn beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just like little, little touches that he puts into it. It doesn't like go over the top and make everything look all like pretty and twee and everything like that. It's still very much a, a functional bit of kit, but, um, but yeah, they always look really nice, and it's always it's always a pleasure to see his uh, his tools out there in the wild. So yeah, Jacob Farham for those of you that don't follow him, uh, Brett. I am going to spiff slash suggest uh, if you're interested in seeing hand drawn, illustrative, but also scientific oddity, silliness, whatever. Everything that Ernst Haeckel uh, has available in terms of like the the books that have been created out of his work, go check them out. Um, Steve will be putting links in the show notes. But as as far as I'm concerned, out of a lot of the people that I uh, researched and kind of fell in love with their their styles and whatnot, um, he has this insane balance in being a scientist and. Yeah, like I said, he was just doing research, but something about the way that he combined all of his drawings onto single pages and notebooks, there is a very artistic handling to how he put them together. And they're absolutely beautiful. I mean, I was telling the boys during the the pre-show, pre-break, pre-spiff, whatever. Uh, one of my friends actually has the jellyfish tattooed on his arm from the cover of the book. Nice. nice of the book that I have. So if you're interested, I love old scientific drawings and stuff and, and kind of goes along with the oddities and and seeing someone else's viewpoint. Oh, on... dude, I've been I think I've been to an exhibition of this. Have you? Yes. Where's he from? I thought he was German. I thought he was German. Yes, I think I'm, I'm sure I've been to a, a, an art exhibition of the prints. Like they blew these pages up. Huge. Yeah. Yeah, and they're yeah. like crazy fucking detailed. Yeah, they're yeah. insane, and yeah, the yeah, reproductions yeah. that are in the books now are like they're okay. But if you're ever able to see anything either blown up or do a yeah. little bit of digging online, you can find some higher resolution stuff. And just seeing the way that he, I don't know, he's he's an amazing artist. Mm-hmm. Considering all things considered, you know, I feel like a lot of the guys back way back when it's almost like cursive writing, where you look at somebody that wrote in cursive a hundred years ago and it, it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. But then like everyone our, our age gave up on it. Cause they were like, it's too hard. It's stupid. I can't read it anyways. <laughs> like, okay, well people used to draw in notebooks and they were works of art. Yeah. There you go. Right, good shout. Uh, any other business? Go space. Uh, <laughs> go space. Go moons and space. 
Yeah. Go moons and space things. Yes. Uh, were you about to say something then, Brett, or were you just going to say no? I just hope everyone's having a grand old time with whatever it is they're doing. That's not business. All right. That's that's pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. If you want to find us, us, you can find us in all of the usual places on social media. You can find me at Moonshine Networks. You can find Brett at Skullinsblade13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Al's Craft Shack! There we go. Uh, if you want to find us as a group, you don't even you join can... in anymore. Once upon a time, you all joined in. I never joined in. I. It's really that difficult to know what you're going to say. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to find us as a group, um, just moving on from that one. Uh, yeah, if you want to find us as a group, you can uh, just put fools with tools into Google. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's what everyone does anyway. Nobody actually searches on the specific things. Uh, yeah, we're on Instagram and you can see all of Al's lovely creations on there. Uh, you can join in in the Facebook group. Uh, the discussions and chats and things like that. Uh, yeah, that's it. We love you all and we'll see you next week. <laughs>